0: Smashing Security, Episode 329, Pornhub, Barbie Dolls, and Can You Trust a Free TV? With Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 329. My name's Graham Cluley.
1: And I'm Carol Terrio.
0: And this week on the show, Carol, we are joined by Matt Davey from 1Password's random but memorable podcast. Hi, Matt. Hello.
1: Welcome back. It's been a minute. It
0: has. It's been a little while. (laughs) Pleasure to have you back. Lots of exciting things happening in the world of passwords and your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Passkeys are pretty big at the moment. So tell me, what are passkeys for anyone who hasn't heard
2: about passkeys? So passkeys are basically a direct replacement for passwords uh, built on FIDO standards. So they are essentially tokenized passwords uh, that you can use on a bunch of websites uh, passkeys.directory will let you find out which ones and they're all uh, based on open standards and you can use them inside one uh, password and it essentially replaces you know the need for, for two factor and all of that stuff added on top which is great
0: very interesting now the only thing i uh, only thing i would slight concern about passkeys is is based upon this fido standard and i was told you should never name your passwords after your dog <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. I'm sorry for the dad jokes.
0: Crow, save us.
1: Yes, I'm going to. Let's kick the show off. But first, let's thank this week's wonderful sponsors, Collide and NordLair. It's their support that help us give you this show for free. Now, coming up in today's show, Graham, what do you got?
0: I'm going to be talking all about how to protect your sexual preferences. (laughs)
1: Preferences. okay, Matt, what about you?
0: I'm talking about is freemium hardware
1: the future? Ooh, Ooh. and I'm afraid we're going to revisit those dark days of Therona, but it'll be interesting. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security.
0: Now, chums, chums, let me take you uh, on a trip around the internet to one of the most popular uh, most visited websites in the world.
1: Pornhub.
0: Are you familiar with Pornhub? Oh, Matt, I you going to
1: say Wikipedia or something. <laughs>
2: is it really one of the most visited websites in the world?
0: It is. More people visit Pornhub than Amazon or Reddit. What? Yes. Shut is.
1: the front door. I don't believe it.
0: I've done research on the internet. I always do your internet research. And I've discovered it's the 12th most visited website right now. Uh, the top is Google and YouTube and Facebook uh, a typical visitor, and there are about two billion people who visit Pornhub each month. <laughs> oh um, they spend, on average, seven minutes forty seconds on the site, which I think is is quite impressive. Really, they seven have to minutes find, find what they want to look at. I oh, guess. I see. So there's okay. a lot of searching. Okay. So okay. of seven
1: minutes of searching, and then uh, oh. yeah.
2: the 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 internal like <laughs> metrics that they must have as a company must be very confusing. Because a, a lot of, like, commercial websites have, right, okay, we want to make users stay on the website longer. You want sticky users, don't you? <laughs> Get
1: off literally and then leave.
0: Success, perhaps, is actually getting rid of people quite quickly.
1: Putting ads at really, you know, perfect moments just to keep them holding on.
0: One stat I saw was about their bounce rate. Now, mind boggles what that measures. Um, 23.68%, I mean. I, I, I Snickers, I don't know. snickers,
1: snickers. Yeah,
0: there'll be a lot of that crawl. Um okay. So a lot of people are spending an awful lot of internet time gawking at, of course, adult videos, which does mean that there's potentially a huge amount of data, which could be being gathered by Pornhub about people's behaviors and their, um, their picadillos, or maybe not their picadillos, but at least their, their interests and their fetishes. God,
1: um, I'm glad I'm not an online perv now. Okay.
0: Right. Well. <laughs> Well, there is a bunch of Italian researchers and activists. They found some things which are concerning to them. And they have filed a complaint against Pornhub. They say that Pornhub is behaving illegally in the way that it handles the data of millions of people. And I thought, well, look, if this really is the 12th biggest website in the world, we should be talking about this. Because there is a chance that one or two of our listeners may go to the Pornhub website i shocked
1: i
2: like that the, the way that you're positioning this is that everybody wants this data i personally <laughs> do not want anything to do with this data uh, i couldn't want to be further enough away from looking at analytics about this uh, i feel like
1: can you imagine the categories <laughs>
2: you wouldn't want to touch it with your barge pole would you you no you'd. i'm sure this is very valuable
0: data but my goodness well, well, <laughs> these researchers—they are crying foul, saying that Pornhub is not obeying GDPR rules.
1: Oh, there you go, my little sweetheart. GDPR. So,
0: you see what I did there, See, I started talking about pervy stuff on the internet, and then yeah,
1: I—you hooked me in.
0: I've taken a U-turn, so I got you interested, <laughs> and now I've gone down the very niche crevice of GDPR to, to the real fetish of GDPR. This is my
1: Achilles' heel of this interest.
0: <laughs> Come on, rule whatever it is. Uh, is it rule 34 on the internet? Mm-hmm. There probably is GDPR porn. There probably... <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you, you get... You just
1: can't sully GDPR.
0: You get washing machine repair <laughs> porn, you get do you real estate agent oh, this of course you do Corolla. this is an education <laughs> right why is it me educating you on this yes i i believe i believe oh uh,
1: suddenly now <laughs> the words are coming in i've
0: heard
2: a good friend of mine I've, said
0: i've heard rumor that the typical scenario <laughs> is someone comes around with a spanner to fix your washing machine and they'll be owner of the house and say oh Oh, I like the way you're doing that.
1: Typically, my husband, big hairy guy. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, and uh, anyway, so I'm thinking there probably is sort of porn involving GDPR auditors who come around to your company and say, oh, there's some pretty hot data here or something, Listeners, which we need to.
1: Feel free to send it in <laughs> should you find it. Graham is very interested.
0: Send it to Kroll at smashingsecurity.com. <laughs> I'll make sure she gets it, not me. Um, anyway, the, the issue is this apparently, Pornhub. ...doesn't make it easy to opt out of being tracked by cookies. Great. And apparently it isn't clear about what data it's sharing with third parties. So there is this chap, this researcher in Italy who set up this group... ...which he's calling Stop Data Porn. His name is... That noise was just me opening up my personal <laughs> laptop...
2: Uh, ...in order to follow the links that you've uh, that you've <laughs> sent... ...because I'm not going to open that on my work computer...
0: His name is Alessandro Polidoro, and Alessandro Polidoro is a digital rights activist, and he's leading this legal action against Pornhub. He says that the site has an algorithm which assigns you a sexual preference based upon the type of porn you watch. You
1: know, you just want to wank in
0: private,
1: really, don't you? Like, this (sighs) is... Hopefully, yes. Yes, Um, but right now, this information. Okay, so they now know your sexual preference, basically.
0: So, if you are only interested in porn videos involving quantity surveyors, for instance. Right. Then they will be able to say, okay, I will now serve that person up more quantity surveying porn. Or if you're into, I don't know, porn, which is reenactments of 1980s uh, drama comedy Lovejoy involving uh, a roguish Ian McShane. Uh, with his mallet, uh, way back then, then These you'll are very only specific. get. Well, I'm just giving examples, Carol. I'm trying to imagine what kind of porn there is. It isn't all washing machine related porn. Anyway, so so it's collecting all of this information and it's it's gathering this in order to show you the kind of porn you want, and it does this even if you don't log into the site. Now, this was a surprise to me. It turns out you can actually log into pornography websites. I don't know why you would log into pornography websites. But even if you don't log into pornography websites, it's still collecting this information because apparently it is actually using cookies and collecting data, which is then saved in your browser's local storage. So it's like your history or it's like the other information your browser is storing. And it's all being kept there. And you may not be aware that it's being kept there. All these ID numbers of the Things about you and what you like to watch on Pornhub is actually being collected, according to these Italian researchers. Okay, sorry.
1: So, I don't know a lot about this, right. but say, uh, I, you know, you go and visit your whatever, your porn, your GDPR porn, yeah. and most people, I'm guessing, if they don't want to get caught doing that afterwards, wipe their… Like, what do they wipe on their computer? They well, You might wipe your browser history. You might right. away, wipe your yeah.
0: browser history, but you probably need to wipe other bits of data from your browser as well, like your cookies. Make sure any information it's stored about the website has been zapped as well.
1: And if I'd done all those things, would I still, would this information still be being collected? Well, no. If if you've properly
0: wiped your browser, you know, if you've wiped it clean after you've done your business, then you should be fine. So right essential sort of browser hygiene rules would help you.
1: I didn't know you knew so much about porn.
0: Well, no, crawl, crawl. no, it's more about general internet privacy, about okay. how to clean up after yourself. So <laughs> according to the Stop Data Porn Collective, they're a collective, they're an initiative. I don't know if they're a congress as well. According to the Stop Data Porn organisation, this group of people, there's a lot of information which has been collected and Pornhub is not being transparent about what it's collecting. It's not giving you the option to opt out. And according to some researchers, it's probably unlikely the average user even reads Pornhub's privacy policy. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I find that very, very unlikely. There's nothing more likely to get me in the mood. I know this works for you as well, Carol, than reading a good privacy policy. I love it. Right, Matt. Are you it, are yeah. you keen to uh, look at the terms and conditions? And- I mean, I'm I'm currently skimming
2: the uh, the research paper, and I I think it's probably as about as as uh, you know similar wording, similar similar <laughs> <Right>. level <laughs> of, uh, of of detail that goes into it.
0: Right. So in Cyprus, which is where I think Pornhub's European headquarters is in Cyprus, uh, Pornhub is owned by a company called MindGeek, um, which is based in Canada. Mm. Kroll.
1: Mm-hmm. there you
0: are. Mm-hmm. Their data protection regulator, the one in Cyprus, they are currently doing a full audit of Pornhub. Now, I don't know what that involves. It's taken them a while, perhaps That's... understandable reasons. God, it's um, going to be a
1: lot of sites, a lot of, sites. Uh, you know, it's a
0: lot of content up there. Um, you know, so maybe they'll have to, who knows if they're getting distracted. Anyway, the word is they're having a go and it's going to take them a couple of years to get through it all. Um, but this does seem to be a problem on porn sites. And that is my advice. For gentle listeners of this podcast is if you are visiting adult websites, beware, because in 2019, researchers analysed 22,484 pornographic websites and found that 93% of them leak data to third parties.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: And round about half will suggest a gender or sexual identity that they believe can be linked to you. So they are making assumptions, they are learning about you, and they are collecting information.
1: So I guess one of the ways you get around this is just use, share your account. Share your uh, Pornhub account or your computer with lots of users, right?
0: Also, like if you're in a work environment, you mean, Chrome? <laughs> That's <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> If you're in the office, run not? you know, yeah, yeah. let like right. the whole team use it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just chip in. Okay, we're going to have a 10-minute break here, company-wide. <laughs> Next 7 minutes, 40 seconds, <laughs> off you go. And then we'll get on with work afterwards. <laughs> Matt, you're being suspiciously quiet.
2: Yes, on purpose. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm just fascinated <laughs> that the Monopolies Commission isn't more involved in this. Like, this uh, Mind Geek thing, I've, I've Googled it hmm. again, and... Uh, it, it seems like they own half the internet. I mean, the shady side of the internet, but it seems like they own half the internet.
0: Yeah, Pornhub is the biggest uh, adult website they own, but I think they own a, a number of other sort of top adult websites as well. So they- I was just
2: looking from the number of like the, the traffic and the, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, uh, you know, Facebook is in the, the news every other day about this kind of stuff that they're tracking and, and you know, not respecting countries' guidelines and all of this kind of stuff. Hmm. but. I bet this is worse, but we just kind of don't like talking about it. Maybe that's it.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine the, the policy guy who's going to bring this, you know, to the House Commons or whatever <laughs> say, look, I really want to add protection for all those people out there wanting to.
2: You know, the sad thing is porn. I absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that is a, a damaging statement to our government. But unfortunately, I had to say it. <laughs> Matt, what do you have for us this week? Well, my first one is uh, Neil. Fun has made a password mm. game, and it is one of the most infuriating things. If you've not played it, uh, I, I highly recommend it. That
0: that's the the, the fun thing that I want to bring. But we'll put a link in the show notes. It, it's a great little online game, isn't it? About um, choosing a, a password because normally you're you're on a page and it's telling you to choose a password for your account, and it says use a. An- alphanumeric or use a you know use an uppercase letter or you have to have and it just gets crazier and crazier as you go along but it's good fun trying to satisfy all the criteria the the requirements are quite awful yeah yeah. there was one point where it said put in an emoji of the current phase of the moon um in your past (laughs) so i found myself (laughs) <laughs> Investigate what it was, and trying to find the bloody emoji for it. But anyway, it's it's fun. I I think the
2: the owner of this website has even said that like they haven't managed to actually complete this. Um, what I got as far as um, add the wordle of the day into your password somehow and i was just like i'm not going to another website going to get the wordle and then coming back and somehow working it into my into my password that already has to have a maximum number of characters so i'm gonna have to delete it and one of them was like make the roman numerals add up to a certain amount so i had to do that and then there was already an I in one of the previous terms that I had to add in. So then I had to remove that I for a Roman numeral and it was, it was terrible.
1: Listeners, if you want to have a play right now, you can go see it. It's at neil.fun slash password hyphen game.
0: Good fun. Anyway, that wasn't the main thing. It it wasn't.
2: The slightly more depressing uh, article that I, I wanted to talk about was, uh, there is a free, uh, in the uh, kind of dodgy sense of the word, TV, that is available. Um, it Ooh. looks pretty cool. It, it actually, like, it has a secondary bar along the bottom that can, if you're wanting to watch a TV and watch it with someone remotely, you can actually have, like, their image down on the bottom of this almost, like, second TV bar at the bottom. Oh. But the, hmm. the real usage of this, and it looks really good for a, for a free TV, like, completely free. Yeah. Apart from not completely. Um, and the bottom <laughs> bar of it does have adverts in. Okay.
0: So they're permanently visible while you're watching TV, Yes. They?
2: And also, you can't hang anything over that bottom bit or, like, hide the bottom bit or oh. disable it in any way or try and change oh. the... the, the you know, the hardware How would they for know it?
1: if I put, like, a you know, I don't know, electrical tape across
2: it? Uh, because they've got light sensors built into it, so that if you hang <gasps> anything That's over just- it, they disable the other TV as well.
0: Maybe you could – put maybe, maybe if you're sat on your sofa and you have a coffee table in between you, if you angle it right, oh yeah, yeah. you could put something on the coffee table so it just blocks it out from your vision.
1: <laughs> Graham's, like, lying on his shoulders. But also, the things
0: that you need –
2: like the settings for the TV, the volume change, the channel change, and the guide and all that kind of stuff. It all lives in that bottom display. Uh, so they've kind uh, of made so it useful. Um, Damn them. But it, it's a scrolling ad bar as well. So so, like, so it's constantly moving. It doesn't
1: talk at you, does it? It doesn't say, you really want to buy this cleaning detergent.
2: I mean, who knows where this is going? Um <laughs> The, the, the manufacturers say, if you try to degrade the TV experience, I think that means, like, hack it, basically. De- right. Degrade is degrade. a term of the word there. Uh, <laughs> we have the ability to deactivate the television. So that, that kind of, uh, you know, oh. intrigued me as well.
1: Because you have no rights, I guess, because exactly. it's free.
2: Yeah. It, like, you are attaching this to your Wi-Fi you're signing into it with all of your things it's essentially a laptop these days a television right like it's essentially a computer yeah. mm. so yes. the amount of stuff that you're kind of handing over to this uh, to this company on the basis of like saving yourself you know a, a couple of hundred quid um I, I you know i don't say that lightly TVs are getting really expensive these days but how much is it actually worth and the the interesting thing about this is i think there's a like a a sign of things to come here if this is successful, of essentially freemium hardware, where, mm-hmm. you know, already some things that you buy, like activity trackers or something like that, the thing that you buy has reduced cost because you're getting a subscription afterwards. This yeah. is kind of similar to that, but in the fact that you are getting the TV for free and then you are the product. Like you yeah. are watching it and that is what get, is getting the money. Uh, and and like eyeballs and stuff.
0: This seems to be quite common in TVs. To some extent, I've got a, a Samsung TV. It's a few years old, and you know, if I go to the menu, there are some ads which pop up, mm-hmm. which is quite irritating. So, what I had to do is I had to put something in, you know, my router or whatever, to prevent access to those ad servers because I just found it irritating these things. So, I'm blocking them that way, and it hasn't prevented my TV from working. And I paid for my TV. It does Mm. get a lot of the TV companies are looking to monetize. And we've seen in the past TVs which have monitored what you watch and then send information Mm -hmm. back to the mothership in order to collect data from Has this TV also got like a microphone and a microphone. Camera, camera camera, everything.
1: So you're like almost the commodity as well. It's like oh, you're, absolutely. you're basically Yeah, it's not only that you're saying we're watching your ads, but we're also monitoring you and collecting when you watch, what you watch, how often you watch, where your eyeballs go.
0: We're broadcasting you direct to chat roulette. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, oh, you know, goodness. if you are most subjective to, to adverts during some sort of TV show that, that has fancy clothes in
1: it or something like that, like
2: mm. they, they can absolutely, <laughs>
1: you know, tell that. I'm sitting there eating a bucket of ice cream, snarfling away, right? <laughs> and it starts showing me ads for, I don't know, uh, antacids or something.
0: So
2: they're giving these away completely free? They are, but you do have to sign a terms of service. Um, and um, so there's a, there's a quote here on The Verge that says, if some people try to game and fraud against our terms of service, we'll kindly ask you to rectify the situation or return the device. And of course, they can turn off the TV for you as well. Um, the telly's, uh, this thing is called the telly, which is very confusing because in the UK all tellies are called tellys. Um, telly's terms of service previously mentioned a $500 credit card charge that would be enforced on anybody that violates the, uh, the agreement without are returning the TV me? hardware as well. So, you know, it's free,
0: but kind of like, you know, not really. Yes. Oh my goodness, I've got it. I know how to, I know how to do this. I've, I've worked it out. Okay, this is how we scam it, right? We get one of these TVs, we put it in a room on its own, and we turn it on. We have a camera or a camera phone, which is pointed just at the top half of the screen, the bit without the bar, <laughs> and we stream that onto the internet, and that's what we watch. Oh, we would have to... Actually, there's no point in this, with it, because we'd watch that on another TV. Okay, so we'd have a... <laughs> Okay, forget forget everything I said. Also, can they use that camera
2: to sense that you're in the room and say that you're not actually watching it? There's a camera phone in front of the TV, right? Like the the article says that they won't use the camera for their business, but like that's this one. Yeah. I'm not really worried yeah. about this one. I'm worried yeah. about the next one that comes from. Yeah, this, this is the precedence. Right? Yeah. This is the this is yeah. This is the candy, just to, you know, to check test the market. I do kind of like the bottom screen thing. Like, it, that, that is quite interesting to me.
0: Um, if it didn't have ads on it, you
2: mean? If it didn't have adverts on it, yeah.
1: What's, so you could watch what I wanted to watch? That kind of thing? Like, I,
2: I think um, one of the examples for the uses of the bottom screen, and this kind of, I don't know, drops the bottom out of my soul a little bit. Uh, parents watching the news on the primary display while their children play Flappy Bird on the bottom one. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's one of the practical examples that they give.
1: Right.
0: Crow, what have you got for us this week?
1: So for my smashing security story this week, we need to cast our minds back to the dark Rona times. I know it sucks, but I am a big believer in looking back so we can see where we screwed up and, you know, maybe learn from it. Um, So if you were a medical professional during these dark days, you would have probably seen more dead bodies than hot coffees. And if you were furloughed, you might have mastered the headstand or upped your sourdough game or, you know, found an ingenious place to hide your um, hundreds and hundreds of toilet rolls. <laughs> right, Clue? And, 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 this, and this, for many of us, was all while not freaking out about how you'd make ends meet, because many of us uh, were able to get some government grant relief, right? Some money, so some paycheck relief. And in order for us to keep getting those paychecks, the government targeted relief to businesses. So in the U.S., for example, there was the Paycheck Protection Program, Mm -hmm. PPP. And this initiative was a significant part of the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it seems in order to qualify, a business had to meet certain standards, like explaining the negative impact of COVID-19 on its business. So, you know, they lost customers or staff were getting sick, that sort of stuff. And they'd need to certify things like um, testifying that employees would not lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. But of course, the huge chief worry in all this uh, for the government launching such a scheme was fraud. So identification and verification was key to making sure that this was as financially, I don't know, um, efficient as possible. Right? And that's a lot of work, right? It's like, who's going to manage this whole verification process? Yeah. Yeah. So in the front row, with hands like raised super high and squealing, me, 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 you had the computer-savvy fintechs, okay? These are like modern digital financial services that pretty much do the same thing as traditional banks. But fintechs big plus, and this is what they claimed, is that they were way more capable of quickly issuing these PPP loans than government agencies or traditional banks. Right and one of the reasons was cuz they don't have legacy systems and they're by definition able to do things digitally very i don't know how to say the word agilely
0: <laughs> with agility with agility <laughs> they're fast and loose aren't they they're yeah, fast all, they're and all loose. about yeah yeah.
1: yeah yeah so they can move you know they can move fast get the money to the right people securely and quickly cuz that was really important people were like needed the cash businesses were going under really fast um So this was music to the ears to the then Trump government, right? So depending on the lender and the type of application that you were applying for, you might be required to present, you know, a valid driver's license or a passport or other government issued identification. So, businesses were often asked to, uh, you know, provide their EIN number, which is issued by the Internal Revenue Service, right? So, maybe they'd have to fill in, show some tax forms, some payroll records, bank statements, that sort of thing. Documents that would help you identify that business is making the request, you know, without any bullshit, right? they were being legit. Yep. So this is why fintech companies, okay, so like Blue Acorn, Womply, or Womply, and Cabbage lined up to serve as middlemen. So their job was to help small business applicants complete the paperwork and process requests. And there was great money to be made here, right? For every transaction, they get a processing fee. So just to give you an idea, Wampli, or Wampli, I have no idea how you say it, and Blue Acorn apparently ended up facilitating more than one in every three PPP loans in 2021. Okay, and the US government gave out nearly uh, about $790 billion in PPP loans, right between March 2020 and May 2021. So that's a huge amount of money that they were facilitating. So we have the government dishing out huge chunks of change via fintechs to small businesses who have been verified and have proven their case through all their paperwork and applications. However, come December 2022, more than 18 months later, fintechs are accused by the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis to have facilitated fraud in the Paycheck Protection Program. So In March, NBC News opened an article with, quote, they bought Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Bentleys, and Teslas, of course, lots of Teslas. Many who participated in what uh, prosecutors are calling the largest fraud in U.S. history, the theft of hundreds of billions of dollars in taxpayer money, couldn't resist purchasing luxury automobiles, also mansions, private jets, and swanky vacations. Wow. Experts say the theft is as much as $80 billion, or about 10%. But just this week, the Messenger publication claims to have been sent some of the IDs that were used when requesting paycheck relief, No, requesting help from PPP. And these were validated as authentic and genuine and received the pay relief as requested. And I thought I would share with you some components of these IDs on our shared document. And you tell me what you uh, see there.
2: This is some properly in-depth investigative journalism. I like it.
1: Oh, am I being boring? No, no, no. Sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm just more eagerly listening than speaking. It's just, and I didn't probe Pornhub enough. Is that what you're...
1: <laughs> okay. So tell me what you see.
2: Ah, well, I see the problem immediately.
1: <laughs> do you see the problem immediately? Yes. What do you see?
2: Those are not real people. <laughs> no. Those those are definitely g- creepy statues of some kind. Uh, what is
1: this? <laughs> these are are these
0: sex dolls? What are these? What are these things? They look.
1: They are dolls' faces. Yes. I mean, these guys, the scammers, could not have given a shit or been very bright to think that this would work, and yet it bleeding did. Right, I mean, look at number one. It's like a Barbie doll head, like with lots of makeup and a clearly plastic face.
2: I was expecting AI. I really was. I was expecting <laughs> some sort of like Mid Journey. Like it costs ten dollars a month. Like that's not a lot of effort. Just
0: <laughs> yeah. create me a five generic well, looking people. Go to thispersondoesnotexist.com. Yeah, and yeah. see, it's, it's easy to get fake faces if you want them. But these are. Clearly not human. Look at the
1: eye size on number one and number three. Like, literally, it's like physically impossible for those eyes to be in that skull. So, so scammers created fake identities with pictures of doll faces and other figurines to rip off the US's largest COVID-19 relief program. This is according to the images of phony accounts that were given to government investigators and later obtained by The Messenger. Now, of course, the use of these doll faces was not rife. So it is not responsible for the entire 80 billion that was taken. But it does underline just how lax security was.
0: And we aren't claiming that any of these dolls are the fraudsters, are they? They're all innocent. Oh, look at the bottom left. He's definitely been forced into it. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like Frankenstein's monster. He looks like he's got a a zipper along the top of his head.
1: Now, um, Wamply, or Wamply blamed a subvendor for approving the doll-face ID <laughs> photos. right? Of course, supply chain issue. We've heard it before. But the messenger also reports that despite its promises and a wide net of lenders, congressional investigators found that Wamply was one of two companies that enabled the majority of PPP fraud processing over five million in loans for itself. Yeah, okay? for itself. But the big problem here, and this is like, you know, the big important point, is that although fintechs behave like banks and traditional depository institutions, they are not subject to banking regulations such as the Bank Secrecy Act, which would require them to implement certain processes and structures to ensure, you know, security and the soundness of their operations.
0: I think you're being a little bit unfair here, Carol. Maybe these fintechs were actually protecting the privacy of individuals. And so they didn't use the individual's faces, but they made dolls, which, looked a bit like them.
1: <laughs> On an actual fintech site, I quote, the absence of a single regulator makes fintech agile and flexible for changes and adaptations. Fintech companies don't have to follow rigorous <laughs> guidelines, so it's easier for them to integrate new services and solutions. And, you know, apparently helps steal mountains of cash. I mean, Mrs. Cabbage Patch at the top there is is
2: perfectly happy with her, her banking application. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God. So there you go. This is how you get your parsnips buttered. Apparently <laughs> is uh just uh, become a fintech and do whatever the fuck you want.
2: Wow. I look forward to wow. the following news story, story which great. is one of these dolls uh with their arms upright in like a, in a Lamborghini driving <laughs> off. <laughs>
1: Our sponsor Collide has some big news. If you're an Okta user, then you can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in Zero Trust architecture, Device Compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Insecure devices are logging into your company's apps, but there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agents detect a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Want to learn more? Of course, you do visit collide.com slash smashing. That's collide.com slash smashing. And thanks to Collide for sponsoring the show.
0: Today's podcast is also brought to you by NordLayer. Now, NordLayer safeguards your company's network, but it's much more than just a VPN for business. As you already know, business networks today are more vulnerable than ever due to remote work, ransomware attacks, data leak incidents. Well, NordLayer secures and protects remote workforces as well as business data, and it can even help you ensure security compliance. Simply go to nordlayer.com slash smashing and get one month free. NordLayer is easy to start at. It takes less than 10 minutes to onboard your entire business on a secure network. NordLayer is easy to combine as it's hardware-free and compatible with all major operating systems. And finally, NordLayer is easy to scale as you can choose a plan unique to your business requirements and your rate of growth. So if you want to secure your business network, go to nordlayer.com slash smashing to get your first month free. And thanks to NordLayer for supporting the show. And welcome back, and you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. (sighs) Say Pick of the Week. Oh, Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security related, necessarily. Better not be. Now, a few weeks ago I was very excited because I was told there was a new Indiana Jones movie coming out. And I remembered back Indiana? in the 80s. Oh,
1: Indiana Jones? Yes.
0: Indiana. Sorry, what's the problem? Indiana Jones. Indiana yes. Jones. And, uh, yeah, what, what, have I done, what have I done wrong? I don't what know.
1: I, Indiana. I don't
0: know. Oh, I, I all say Indiana. Anyway, so. Tomato, tomato. Anyway, Indiana Jones. <laughs> and I remembered seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark and all those movies, late 70s, early 80s. Brilliant. I thought, this is great fun. And so I was speaking to my son and I said, he had Indiana Jones. He said, yeah, uh, Indiana Jones. He said, <laughs> Uh, but he said, he said, I've heard of it, never seen it. And I said, oh, well, why don't we watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? And we watched that the other night on the TV. He loved it. He thought it was brilliant. And brilliant. Said, it is brilliant. It was great. I really enjoyed it. And I said to him, there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out.
1: And he went, With Indiana?
0: It? Called The Dial of Destiny. And I said, why don't we watch all the Indiana Jones, apart from that rubbish one involving the Crystal Skull and the aliens, and we'll have a great <laughs> old time. And then we can go to the cinema, because I'm sure it's going to be good, I said. Anyway, last weekend I went to the cinema and I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
1: And your man's still in it, right? They wheeled the man just, just
0: about, just <laughs> about.
1: So, so my
2: bar is that Crystal Skull one because that was was just dire. Is it better than that? I haven't
0: seen the Crystal Skull one since it came out about fifteen years ago, um, and I remember I hated it. I have to say, what happened during Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was I was there with my partner, and I realized that we were sort of looking around the room, and then we looked at each other and laughed. <laughs> and at one point, she leant over and said, shall we just go? Shall we just go home? And I said, yeah, let's go, because it was- And what,
1: you left your son there?
0: No, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't we didn't take him <laughs> with us. He's going to see it another time. But it was just me, it was just me and her. <laughs> I would have done. I often, I often will be at the cinema and decide to go home leaving my son there <laughs> if he's watching the Mario movie or something like that. The emoji anyway, movie, yeah. The, this movie is. Now, I, I'd warned her in advance. I said, I've heard a little spoiler that the ending is particularly catastrophic. We didn't get as far as the last one. We really third walked movie, out, I eh? both of you. We really walked out. And to be honest, I think my life is the better for it because it was horrendous. So my pick of the week this week is anything other than Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Anything else you will be- Even cool. face off? Face off. Face off with John Woo and John Travolta and Nicola- Brilliant. Brilliant yeah. bit of face off. Much more entertaining okay, okay. than this movie. And, th- okay. and that's despite Dial of Destiny, including Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who uh, obviously we mm. love from Fleabag, and she's terrific. Um, but this is not This is not yeah. good. It's not good. And so anything else is my pick of the week. Sorry to be negative. Oh, I'm very disappointed about but it. But I wanted to save people's money because that cost me about 24 quid to go and see that rubbish. So I don't want anyone else wasting their money like that. <laughs> uh, Matt, what's your pick of the week or maybe non-pick of the week?
2: Well, obviously, uh, I'm going to pick... For example, the Random and Memorable podcast. You can go and catch up on all <laughs> 110 episodes now. Somehow we've been allowed to do 110 episodes.
1: Congratulations.
2: That's a great achievement. Well done. Thanks. Yeah. It's uh it, it it's good to have uh a hobby that is also your job. And I feel like that that is the <laughs> energy that we bring to that podcast. But my actual pick of the week uh is Jury Duty, the TV show on Amazon Prime. Um I explain this TV show, it, it's got some bad reviews and some good reviews, but I explain it as essentially, it's like The Office, where they do kind of pieces to camera, and it's, it's a general sitcom, hmm. except one of the people is not an actor in it. One of the per- <laughs> people is real, and they, oh and they build this kind of court case around. And that person doesn't know that everyone else is an actor, right? Oh, doesn't it have a clue. No. Uh, and, and you can genuinely see that at, in, in the end when they kind of, like, debrief and and tell this guy, like, all of this was completely fake. Um,
1: He's going to have PTSD for the rest of his life.
2: They celebrate him because he made such good decisions. Honestly, I, I feel like the mischievous side of me would kind of, like, try and mess with him a bit, but they didn't. They played this, like... Everybody, like, the the actors between themselves. And then it's just him kind of being the audience and being, like, going, what the <laughs> heck is going on? Like, is this my life? Or, like, the absurdity. Um, James Marsden is also in it, who is in a bunch of movies, um, Sonic and, and The Notebook and that type of thing. He was also in Westworld. Right. Um, he is playing a caricature of himself <laughs> with, like, a giant ego,
0: which is also brilliant. <laughs> So when I heard you were going to choose this, I hadn't heard of this show, but I went and watched some clips on YouTube. And there is the clip of this actor guy, uh, James Marsden, uh, sort of saying, look, maybe I should be excused because I'm going to be a distraction because I'm famous because I've been in these movies. And um, the judge didn't recognize him. And (laughs) and I I didn't recognize him. I thought, I don't know who this guy is. So I wouldn't have listened to him either. But it, it is quite from the bits I've seen. This is quite fun. I quite like it, and the the central guy, the guy who isn't an actor, the guy who's effectively being duped, does seem like a. Yeah, they they basically give him kind of um, not moral choices,
2: but but like slightly on the side of that. And the interesting thing is to see him like really care for the people around him. Like he is definitely uh, yeah. the, the the hero of that show. I think they they picked it really well. Is
1: he Canadian? Is he Canadian?
2: <laughs> I I think it's all set in America.
1: Uh-
0: but this goes on for weeks doesn't it so he was in a hotel he was disconnected from the internet he couldn't google any of these people yeah they sequestered the jury wow um, which was
2: a brilliant little addition to it um which makes them all stay in a hotel and uh and just the weirdness of it all is just so brilliant and the 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 kind of the plot orchestration uh of, of like how they architect all the plot points and kind of lead him into them is is just, it's beautiful. It really is very well done.
1: Okay, I'm <laughs> putting up my watch list. This is my kind of, I, I hate liking this though, because it's like we love watching people being duped. We're like addicted to it, you know, And but I am too. I just don't know why we're just... I'm
2: not sure it's making fun of him. I've only seen little clips. Yeah, no, it definitely paints him as the hero. This isn't like right. uh, Trigger Happy TV where, where where you're just looking for people's reaction.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it on your recommendation, Matt.
0: And the name of the show again, Matt Jury is... Jury Duty. Jury Duty on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Carole, what's your pick of the week?
1: Okay, I have to give a little background for my pick of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. I got new windows a few years ago now, uh, and they were a little mm. bit bigger and heavier than the previous ones. And basically, after they were put in, they were glorious, but they made a mess of our render, what Americans call stucco across the pond. Now, the problem with rendered or stuccoed houses is that you need maintenance, right? You have to paint them and check for cracks and fill it in. And not my idea of fun or talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we went around and looked for a renderer and we couldn't find one for love or money, right? I was even trying to pimp out my husband, you know, a date with him. But even that didn't work. So long, story <laughs> short... Hello.
0: <laughs> you surprised me.
1: My, my husband, panicking, uh, found an incredible solution, right? and my baby was panicking. <laughs> <laughs> and it was called, it's called spray cork rendering or spray cork stucco. And the stuff is awesome, okay? So it, you basically, uh, you can apply it over anything that you would paint. So you could put it over stucco, you could put it over steel, <laughs> plaster, aluminum, wood, brick, vinyl, shingles, anything. And helps t- regulate temperature resistant to abrasion, salty air, fungus, mold. It's environmentally cool, right? Because it's 80% cork granules, 20% water-based paint. And you apply it with a spray gun that's compressed air, right? Or electricity. And cork is completely renewable. And it's non-toxic. I can go on and on and on. And that's why we're sponsored this week. By- <laughs> no, it's just really cool. Right. It took about a week to put up, which is also amazing, because I've seen houses take forever to get it even just painted. And Kevin McLeod from Grand Designs even gives it a thumbs up. Uh So we used um, used a company called CorkSol, but I'm sure there's other reputable ones around in your neck of the woods. This was in the UK. Uh, We got it done around Easter. The house looks so much smarter. Uh, So my pick of the week is spray cork rendering or stuccoing. It's very cool. Very cool. Wow. That's left field, but I love it. It's great. I know it's left field. You can even, I want to do it inside my bathroom instead of tiling it. Just stucco, like just spray cork the inside of the bathtub area. (laughs) I I am actually
2: genuinely tempted to do this in my garage because I I, I have like a, you know, unfinished walls in the garage. And uh, this would be, this would be pretty good.
1: I have links in the show notes and you, you can even do it yourself. Like totally. Like they really are.
0: Ah, uh, and it feels nice, doesn't it, Crow? It feels—it's it's kind of yeah.
1: It's got a little bit of a sponge to it, but it feels solid. And they just basically covered all the windows and all the sides and the pipes, and then just spray gunned it. So, anyway, check it out—very cool stuff.
0: <laughs> well, that just about wraps up the show for this week, Matt. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm sure lots of our listeners would like to follow you online and find out what you're up to. What's the best way for folks to do that? Uh, I am on uh, Mastodon.
2: At, uh Matt Davey, and I guess I'm on social.lol, I think you have to say. Uh, I'm not really on Twitter anymore, um, but you can follow 1Password on Twitter, at just at
0: 1Password. Terrific. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Smash Insecurity, no G, Twitter, have a G. and we also have a Mastodon presence. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast apps,
1: such as Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And big, big thank yous to this episode's sponsors, Collide and NordLair, and of course to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship info, guest list, and the entire back catalogue of more than 328 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com.
0: Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Bye. Thank you matt brilliant it was fun
0: thanks so much matt really appreciate you coming along great stories terrific pick of the week <laughs> yes watch it it's great yeah i will do i'm gonna start tonight